I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, this episode of Enough About Me is brought to you by my great friends at Milton's. At Milton's, you'll be as comfortable in their store as you'll be in their clothes or as comfortable in their clothes as you'll be in their store, whatever you want. You're going to be comfortable. It's my favorite place to go. I would like, if possible, to get there one more time before the holidays. You should definitely do that. Chestnut Hill Square, Chestnut Hill, Braintree, South Shore Plaza. Milton's is the store for men. It is the best place to go. If you're a guy, you need help, you want to look great, done. Easy. Prices are great. People are great. It, You know me. I'm not going to sit here and tell you something that's not true. I complain about everything. I've never once complained about Milton's because they've given me no reason to complain. Milton's is the best. It is the store for men. All right, so we had a couple of uh, podcasts in the in the bank that I was not thrilled with. Uh, one just didn't work out well. One didn't sound great. Not not anybody's fault. And one for timing reasons. By the time we were ready to do it, it didn't really work. So I decided to bang out one more mailbag before the uh, end of the year. Get a lot of great feedback in the mailbag. This is unbelievable. Curtis sent, printed out, and gave it to me during. It's like fifty pages of questions. So I'm just going to pick and choose. I am not going crazy today. Okay, if you want an hour long mailbag, well, you know what? I probably will. God knows. But <clears throat> if you're looking for. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm fucking tired. Long show today. Uh, although I thought Tomasi and Reem were okay. I don't know. The show was all right. Tomorrow should be good, though. We'll know a lot more tomorrow when Dino shows up. Uh, all right, so let's go through it. It is episode... What episode is this, if enough about me? Let me see. Let me see. Episode 75. Uh, by the way, episode 70 and 69 were mailbags. Now I went one, two, three... Four without a mailbag. So whatever. We get one more. I think, you know, I'd be curious to hear your guys' reaction. Maybe I'll do four. I'll do like a quarterly mailbag next year. Um, And I'm going to try. I am going to try. It's been, you know, crazy lately. But I think when I get back from the holidays, I'm going to try once in a while to sneak sort of a mini one in. So it's not every week, but maybe you get, you know, two weeks on, a week off, two weeks on kind of thing. We're going to try harder here. Uh, Enough about me to do a better job with that. All right. So let's get to the mailbag. Man, there's a lot of these questions. Jeez, of course, all of them are about the same, you know. So let's get to uh, uh, a lot of people wondering what kind of stance you're going to take regarding the Boston Globe. Do you or do you not like the Boston Globe? Tough question. I'm going to say I hate the Boston Globe. When I go into the office every morning before the show, when you walk into the office, there we go. I can put my feet up. Jerry's desk is the first one you walk in. Uh, Then mine is a couple of steps down. Dino's old one was at the end. So it's just the two of us, and whoever's in, whether it's Alex or Trenny uh, or Mutt or, or Tangway or Tomasi, whomever, could take that or not take that. Not a lot of chit-chat uh, before the show. Uh, but we have a couple of you know personal items. I got a picture of Kate and Harry, a couple of pictures of Kate and Harry, a picture of my parents, and then you know various letters from listeners like you know Larry from Newburyport and all these people like, you know, hate me, fucking fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're a fucking asshole, da 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 religious letters from people. Who <clears throat> say I'm going to hell. And then editorial from the Globe after the whole Aaron Andrews thing where they said I, I should be out of a job. And I look at that all the time and I use that as fuel before I start a show because I hate the Globe. The Globe has tried to fire me. They made up stories about us. They've tried to bury us. Now, in this Me Too era, 
The Globe, when you saw the Mark Arsenault story a couple weeks ago, the Globe is trying to cover up their own history, sordid history of sexual harassment. And I've been working uh, to try and bring that down. They've had good conversations. Those conversations continue to go forward. Um, I think at some point we'll be naming, well, I, I'm not, don't think, at some point we're going to name the second person who was not named in that story. We named the first one, Jim O'Sullivan. That's not public, uh, though other people are taking credit for it. Uh, the second one we're going to name here very, very soon. And it's just, you know, the problem with the Globe, as always, with them is just the uh, inconsistency, <clears throat> just the arrogance of uh, of how they do things. You know, they sit there and take fucking victory laps, and they're the biggest frauds on earth. You know, the spotlight stuff, the Adrian Walker stuff, and they, they, they're they so proud of what they've done. Meanwhile, the spotlight stuff sucked, obviously. And they sit there and write all these stories. They care about women, all these sexual harassment stories. Meanwhile, it's going on on their place, has been going on their place for a long time. For with people, you know, men in their 40s and 50s taking advantage of co-eds, you know, effect, effectively sleeping and ranking and, and drafting these teenagers and these women in their young 20s who they have huge power over, can hold the power of, of, of their futures over them. Uh, it's fucking disgusting, and I can't wait to bring them down. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm enjoying I know I'm in Brian McGorry's head. Hello to him. He's listening. The editor of the Boston Globe, uh, you know, who has been ducking us, ducking me. I talked to Linda Pizzuti last week. She said, call back whenever you want. Yeah, no, we should have a dialogue. Called her back. She never got back to me. I've called countless people at the Globe last week. They've gone radio silent because they're scared and they're wrong and they know they're about to get absolutely ho-fucking-fucked in this story, and they deserve it. They deserve to eat shit because they've been total frauds in this. Do I do I like the Globe or hate the Globe is a question from this guy, Jedediah Scott. I fucking hate the Boston Globe. Um, hmm. So this is a uh, <clears throat> back-to-back questions. Uh, uh, Sam Kennedy, Alex Corey, Dave Dombrowski, and WEI, back-to-back ones. Neither of them asked about Stephen Wright. Why aren't the Red Sox? Why aren't they guys talking about Stephen Wright? Do you have to not talk about Stephen Wright because of the Red Sox? I, we talked about the day it happened. Stephen Wright's just not that relevant. I'm happy to talk to anybody about it. Uh, I don't know if those guys were told at Christmas at Fenway they couldn't. I have no idea. Didn't think to ask Tomasi today. I can reach out and find out for you guys. <clears throat> um, I, I would be surprised. Um, you know, I just think it's uh, maybe they, they missed it. I have no idea. I, we haven't talked about Stephen Wright because Stephen Wright's not relevant. I mean, you know, well, he doesn't sound like he's a great guy. I'll say that. And the Red Sox, uh, you know, will probably wind up releasing him. I'm, I'm guessing we'll find out. But yeah, we could talk about it. And I'm sure I, I, I'll, I'll check with Rob and, 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 uh, and Tomasi on that. Uh, <clears throat> Bernard wants to know why did he replay the Brady interview simply for an extra 30 minute break? Uh, uh, it's very 1950s radio, which you mock constantly. Okay, so Jerry and I had a big fight about this yesterday. Where he said, I don't like playing the Brady interview, which is bullshit. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try and explain it as simply as I can without getting too radioish and kind of boring. So, you know, nobody statistically listens to our show for four hours a day. We have, whatever, a, 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 an average uh, you know, length of, uh, average amount of time people listen to the show. It's high. It's the highest in, in the city, by the way. It's been for a long time. It's been since this show started, Kirk and Callahan. People listen to our show a lot. But if we have Tom Brady at 6.15, chances are if it's 8.45, they haven't heard Tom Brady. They want to hear Tom Brady. You're right. You can hear him in other places. But uh, we, we replay it. First of all, I think contractually, if we play it at 6, we have to replay it at 8 or 9. Secondly, uh, our program director now, Joe Zarbano, has done a good job with this. He has, excuse me, he has uh, broken down this show segment by segment. So we see the numbers. When we, re- when we replay Brady a couple hours away from the first time, 
they both do great. So you have a chance to get a 20 share, uh, 24 share versus the other station getting your six or seven share. Two times during the show for 30 minutes of a four hour show with a fall book, a really competitive fall book. We're going to fucking take that every single time. <clears throat> so I have no, so we, we, A, I think we have to do it to some extent. Secondly, we do it anyway because it gets big ratings. When it stops getting big ratings, we'll push back and not do it. But right now, people want to hear Tom Brady, which I get. I get upset because sometimes I feel like Brady uh, goes too long with his answers, kind of drones on, purposely kind of doesn't say stuff, which I get from his end. I don't have a problem with it. I know where he's coming from because if he says something, and we're proof of it, if he says something, whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Floyd Mayweather, whether it's anything, it makes really, really big news, which is another reason why we like to have him on. So I, I have no problem with the Brady interview. Uh, if he's on at 8 o'clock, calls on 8 o'clock, it's a tough spot. I don't want to play him again at 9 o'clock. Uh, we may play him again the next morning at 6 o'clock, which I don't like doing either. That was kind of my issue yesterday. So that's pretty much why we do it. And I don't think it's going to stop. It does really well. I think Belichick does well, too. And I think those guys replay it toward the end of their show as well, which makes sense in the, in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, describe Michael Hawley in five words. <clears throat> okay. Um, hmm. Lacks desire. Overrated. Uh, mediocre. Average. I think is what I'd say. Those would be the five words I'd use to describe Holly. I would say. How many interviews? Another question. Can Mike Holly sabotage before he gets removed from the air? Well, I tried to do it the other day. It didn't work. Once again, swing and a miss. I don't get it. We've talked about it a lot this week. I, and they haven't, which is strange to me also. I, 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 the Walker interview to me is mystifying. I'll never understand it. The Wilbon one, same thing. It's, just, it's, just, it's almost purposeful. It's really strange. And he, Rich did a really good job. On the Wilbon interview, Dale did an awesome job on the Walker interview, and Holly stepped all over it and fucked them both up. I'll never get it. If I was Dale, I'd be furious. If I was Rich, I'd be furious. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I don't think Holly cares about his show as much as I care about my show. And I take offense to that when we are all in this together and one show's ratings impact another show's ratings. I take that personally. And if I lost Tony Maserati that many times in the ratings book, I'd fucking do anything to beat him. I'd say, fucking forget this. We're, we're changing everything we do. We're doing everything different. What are we doing wrong? What can we do better? And they elect not to do that. They've elected not to do that. And it's, it's you know, it's their choice. I mean, I'm not sure how much pressure they get from, from management, but it's strange to me. I mean, you know, I would say, okay, like I always say, Felger and Maz, whether you like the show or not, uh, is the most sporty McKenzie show in the market. So why would you try and be the second most sporty McKenzie show in the market? Why wouldn't you say, and we're smart guys, we're capable guys, we're, we're, we're learned guys, uh, let's do something different. Let's try something different every once in a while. That was Gary Tangway calls in. One second. Well, we'll do this live. Uh, hey. You are live on my mailbag podcast. Hello. I, I'm, I'm doing a mailbag podcast right now. And you just called in live. I would like your take uh, for a couple of seconds on the Jerry Callahan Kirk Minahan fight from yesterday. Oh, it was real. I mean, it, it was definitely real. I think that as the show continues to grow in popularity, I think that you guys will have more fights. I think it happens. You know, I do. I think that, you know, Jerry's a little old school in that. You got to grease some of the wheels. You know, you got to grease some of the skids. And you're not like that. You're like, nope. 
Nobody's safe for Kirk Minahan. Did you feel? Nobody. Did you actually feel uncomfortable during it? You it, I, for the first, I, I felt like you were a little uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable. Yes. Okay. Is that why you talk so when fucking much during it? When you hit the microphone, that's the first time I've ever seen you authentically mad at Jerry. Wow. Okay. So what's your prediction? I think Jerry's done in a year and a half. <laughs> Are you coming by the uh, thing after the thing tonight or no? Yeah, what time? Uh, we're talking about meeting at 6.30, but we'll be there for a while. What time are you done? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, uh, I'm done at 7. Oh, come by after. Yeah, I'll come by. I'll give you a call. I'll, I'll give you a call later on. Yeah, I had a question. Oh, I'll talk to you. Okay. <clears throat> um, what was the one? Uh, so there you go. You never know what happens on this podcast. I don't even know how it'll sound. What was I, what was I answering? I don't even know. Okay. Uh, do you think at some point, we always get asked, do you think the show will be back on TV? I don't want the show back on TV. Chair's another thing. Chair, again, another disagreement. Where Jerry wants to be back on TV, I think that's antiquated. I would like a streaming app that we could advertise and make some money off of. I'd be fine with that. I have no desire to go on TV and have the lights be on. I, I, I just I, I, I like the way it is right now. Uh, I don't think I don't think the ratings would be any better or worse. I think that's bullshit. I don't think it matters if you like the show, you listen to it. If you don't, you don't. Our ratings weren't any different when we left. I don't think Touch and Rich's ratings were any different, or Felger and Maz's, or Boom. I, I think it's all bullshit. Um, if you like the show, you watch it in the morning, maybe when you're on when when you're getting right around the house on TV, then you get in the car and listen to it on the radio. Uh me personally, it was up to me, I'd say no. And, you know, if they throw us a shitload of money, I'd probably say yes. But I'd be I would be dreading it. I did not like the TV experience. I didn't like all the goddamn lights, so I'd probably pass on it. Mike Spector wants to know why I always burp on the radio. <clears throat> I burp on the radio for two reasons. Number one is absolutely a tribute to Howard Stern. Uh number two is I think when guys you try as, as close as you can to have a legitimate conversation like you have with your buddies. Like tonight, we're all going out to dinner. Jerry and Ken and Chris. Mutt, Gary's coming by myself. You like to talk conversation. Once in a while, a guy's talking to the guy on the phone whenever he burps. So if I'm talking, I'm going to burp because guys burp. I'm not going to say, oh, excuse me. I'm not thinking that the people in the car are listening. You're trying to have a conversation as close as you can to reality. That is why I burp. It is also, of course, a tribute to uh, the great Howard Stern. Let's see. Uh, have you caught any heat from management about bashing the globe with the Red Sox being the owner? How is ESPN still putting programming on with how much you rip all them? That's a great question, Part B. I don't know why they're doing 850. I've tried to get Bill Simmons on the podcast a lot, um, a lot of times, and he says, I won't I won't do the podcast until you guys don't have a relationship with ESPN. Meaning we're on 850 is ESPN programming, which I don't even, I never listen to it. <clears throat> And I say to Simmons, like, no show in America rips ESPN more than we do. ESPN won't come out with us. They hate us. So I don't know why they do it. I'm sure this financially it works out for them. It's a good spot for them, I guess. Um, I've not caught any heat for management about bashing the globe with the Red Sox being the owner. None. Zero. <clears throat> None at all. That has never happened. Uh, John Henry's not done that. Linda Pizzuti's not done that. I think the criticizing the globe is fair game. I mean, they, they deserve it here. That's what we do. That's what we do. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's see. couple of questions what would i change about jerry i wouldn't change anything about jerry i like fighting with jerry i like that jerry and i have different philosophies to some extent that he comes from a uh whatever a generation older half a generation older i think that's great um you know i wouldn't sit there and agree all day he's a forceful guy with opinions i'm a forceful guy with opinions and i think jerry's been you know really good about allowing me to do everything i want to do within the show much better than me with him he wants to do some things, and I'm a fucking baby about it. So sometimes I have to be an adult, put on my big boy pants, and let him do what he wants. And sometimes, by the way, his ideas are better than mine. 
Uh, but nothing. I mean, you know, <clears throat> I think, um, I think sometimes Jerry gets so fixated on this thing is this guy's fault. This thing is Clinton's fault. This thing is it sort of it gets it, it will take away from a conversation sometimes. But I don't mind. I'm amused by it. I get no problems with Jerry. We'll fight once in a while, but so what? Who who do, do, you know, who doesn't fight with your friends? I mean, that's that seems like an easy call. Uh, da, 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 da. If you guys, if you left WEI, uh, how many listeners leave with you? That's a good question. So I say all the time at the station would collapse. So right now we're doing like 13, 14, 12 ratings. My guess is if I left today, if I got, if I decide I'm quitting, the show would be Jerry and Trenny. I'm going to say, or Jerry and Tomasi, or Jerry and Reamer. One of the casting couch people with Jerry, and then a rotating third person. I'm going to say. The show would do sevens and eights, maybe nines, eights and nines, seven. They'd be, they'd be like third in the book. You know, I think they'd lose 30% of the listeners. That's what I would say. Uh, and the listeners would get older. And the old people who call and hate me would be happier. And the younger people who like me would go with me if I went somewhere else or would go to a different station or go somewhere else. I mean, listen, the show would go on. There'd be a top three show in the market. They'd make money for the station, but it wouldn't be number one anymore. I think Jerry, Jerry would tell you that. I mean... If Jerry left, I could be number one. If I left, Jerry could never be number one again. I mean, Jerry knows that. That's 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 just that that's a fact. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> Do members of your family drink alcohol? And if so, how does it affect your relationship with them? My brothers don't. My wife does a little bit, not a lot. Um, my dad did. Obviously, doesn't. My mom did not. My brothers uh, are, uh, are also sober. They don't drink. Uh, so there's not a lot of that going on. No, there is not. Um, hmm. Are you scared of being diagnosed with cancer? On that note, would you rather know you were going to die or die suddenly? I am now terrified. It's funny you ask that, of being diagnosed with cancer. <clears throat> not even terrified in so much understanding the inevitability of it between my mom and my dad. Um I've had uncles, obviously, grandparents, uh, aunts, where it's just sort of, it's there. Like, it's, you know, it's just floating around. It's it's going to happen. I went to see The Last Jedi with Kate, and I was going to have Kate and Harry. I, God damn it. I, I, Harry Minahan and Kate Minahan are going to do a Last Jedi review at some point. It might be a short podcast, but I'm going to do it and put it up there if you don't like it. I don't care. They like it. I went to see The Last Jedi with Kate last week in, in Methuen at the Loop. We went out to eat before then uh, and had a great dinner. Uh, went to the movies, fine, got home, and woke up about an hour and a half after I fell asleep. I had these terrible pains in my stomach for about a half hour, 45 minutes or so. And that was one of those ones where you, you felt like you were going to throw up, and you got to the point where you wanted to throw up because you just wanted to get it out of your fucking system. And I didn't. It was weird. It passed. And I thought, well, that's weird. In the past, normally I would throw up. And I started thinking, is this pancreat? Is this pancreatitis? Is it pancreatic cancer related? Is it stomach pain? Is the kind of stomach pains my mom had? She talked about these. Uh, brutal pains. Was it like that? Was it not like that? So that part, it gets in my head where I'm convinced of that. Then I realize it's not the case and you can kind of step away. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really scared of that. I'm not going to lie to you. That's that. It's not so much. If I get cancer, sorry, it's Friday and I woke up this morning run before the show. I'm wiped out. If I got cancer when I was 75 or 80, I'd be okay. I'm more scared I'm going to get it when I'm 45 or 50, when my kids are 15 years old. Uh, you know, it's hard enough for a 43-year-old, 42-year-old, 
to deal with your parents having cancer. Uh, 50, I, I don't want I, I don't want that for them. Um. So yeah, that's it's scary. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, it scares the shit out of me. It definitely does. I can lie. It scares the shit out of me. On that note, would you rather know you're going to die or die suddenly? It's the same the same uh, second question. Um. I don't want to die suddenly. No, no, no. I watched my parents um, for a couple of years, and they were so brave. They, they were unbelievable. Uh, I would want to be able to say goodbye to everybody and spend as much time with my kids as I could. There's no doubt about that. Now, I, don't want to, I wouldn't want to be a burden, and that was the thing that my mom would, when my, after my dad died for those seven weeks, my mom would be really upset and say, now I'm a burden on you guys. I, you know, we're burdens on you. I feel so terrible. And, I, and it wasn't true. And it was true all at the same time. Like, burden's not the right word, whatever it was. It was a responsibility. There was a huge responsibility, but there's one that you wanted to take. You know, I was happy to take it. I was proud to take it. My brothers were too. Um, but I don't want them to have to do that. You know, hopefully when it ends, ends, it is, it's it's fast and it's painless and all that. Um, but no, I would, I would want a chance to say goodbye. My mom got to go to Nova Scotia to say goodbye to her family. My dad and mom got to go to Ireland aunts and uncles and all my my cousins all their nieces and nephews came and said goodbye and spent time with them and that meant a lot to them their friends as well they got to do a lot of great things while they were still feeling okay so yeah definitely i'd want to have a a good couple of years let's see here to a lot of barstool questions uh i love barstool i love portnoy and we have a deal when I get fired here, I'm going to go to Barstool. So there you go. That's That'll answer all your Barstool questions. I am happy to EI. I hope to be the EI for a long time. I love working with Jerry. I love the show. Uh, I love the way the station's going right now. I don't want to go anywhere. When I say something stupid that they can't come back from and they fire me, I'm going to work at Barstool the next day. That seems to be the deal. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> your show has a soap opera feel. Mike Marcello, Marcello says, I love it. Uh, do you think new listeners catching up? What do you think about, but do you think about new listeners catching up on all the subplots? Jeez, uh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I don't think of it like that. I think of the listeners as sort of part of the, uh, part of the group and they kind of catch up. You know, if you listen, you'll catch up soon enough. You'll find out that Mutt's a fucking idiot and that Tangway's lazy and that Trendy's self-involved and that Tomasi's, you know, a dummy and that Reamer's, you know, insane and, and then I'm insane that Jerry's a lunatic and the Curtis is, you know, I, I mean, we have so many characters. I understand that. But I think after a few weeks, you kind of catch up. And I think the soap opera part is is a big reason why people stick around, I would say. So, no, I, I don't think that's a big issue. If EI would let you, would you cut off all sports talk on your show? Daniel Minahan huh, uh, wants to know. No relation. There's no E at the end. Um, no, I would not. We talked about this today, as a matter of fact, that the Sporty R. McKenzie uh, character who was born in anger one day. I was ranting and raving because management was fucking us over something. This was back when Dino was around. <clears throat> and let me say, you know, though we battled, Dino was only too happy to let me rant and rave. He enjoyed it as much as anybody. Uh, but when that happened, uh, Sporty R. McKenzie, I just said the name out of nowhere, it was born and away we went. And the first Sporty R. McKenzie would do trendings and he would do these trendings of random little games all over the place. And once in a while he'd pop in. Uh, but if the sports topic is the best topic out there, we're going to talk about it. We did a lot of Guerrero and Brady yesterday because it's really good. I'm not going to recap a game unless it's a big game. I'm not going to recap Celtics from last night. They lost. That game will not fucking matter. Today, it already doesn't matter. So I'm not going to spend an hour on it. I'm j- I am simply not interested in that anymore. I never was. But now I'm in a position where I can say that and act like that. If you don't like that, you can go listen to other shows. You can go l- listen to a podcast. You can go to Satellite Radio. That's your that's your uh, 
That's your that's your choice. That's that's perfectly reasonable. I choose not to do it. We have a a a, a core audience that agrees with me. So I think when we try and do the other stuff now, there's a resistance from that audience. You're saying, well, what the fuck are you doing? Well, again, you know, Monday we did the entire show on Patriots Steelers. It was a great game, a wild ending. It deserved a full show. It got one. So when it deserves it, we do it. We're not going to do it just because we're supposed to do it or because in the past shows have done it. I'm not doing that. That's not going to happen. And once again, as always, with this mic is now, there we go. I fixed the mic on the fly. Fucking genius. Let's see here. Uh, hmm. So many of these goddamn questions. I probably should have taken the time to look down before I did this. <clears throat> hmm. I'm not doing New Year's resolutions. Sorry. Uh. <clears throat> You have mentioned the salespeople so many times. I'm a big radio fan, but I don't really know the salespeople interact with the talent. What can you tell us? Well, it's it's complicated. Not complicated. It's Here's what it is. Is salespeople, their job, essentially their job is to convince advertisers that we're, A, get a lot of listeners, and B, we're not going to hurt them. Other shows are safer and an easier sell to some extent. We're a tougher sell, and we can't promise that these guys aren't getting in trouble sometimes, but they're going to deliver huge ratings. Sometimes I think salespeople throw us under the bus, like, hey, we can't control them. We can't do this. Now, obviously, it was a situation with us a few months ago. Some salespeople were great. Some salespeople were not. Um, and there's this weird thing with the money with my last check where I got not a dollar from the sales. From, from Salespeople have to put in for that. That's their responsibility to say, okay, Kirk Minahan did X amount of live reads for, say, Buffalo Wild Wings last month. So he gets this amount of money. And it, did, it was not my paycheck, which drives me fucking crazy. I mean, they're making money off of us. So I feel like they need to do a better job with that. They treat us, salespeople treat us like we're second-class citizens while we put money in their pockets. Without us, they, I mean, we could bring in salespeople all day. You can't bring in Kirk Minahan's all day. There's only one. These salespeople, as, as is proven, by the way, they're replaced all the time. Now, there's old ones who are stodgy and have their three accounts and mail it in. But the young ones get spit out left and right all day long. I don't currently have a lot of use for the sales department here uh, individually. I would say they have a tough job. I get that. Some of them I do like. Some of them, though, I do not like. Right now, not great. The relationship is not great. I'm sure I'll get in trouble for saying that, but what can you do? Okay, what do we got here? What do we got what do you guys want to hear? You want to hear? Uh, eh, I'm not going to do it. There's a Bradford question there. I'm not going to do that. Uh, LA stories. I'm going to tell my whole LA experience in a separate podcast <clears throat> here at some point. Are you worried about your perception in your kids' eyes once they're able to listen to you on the radio and form their opinions of you based on radio, Kirk? Not a concern. Absolutely not a concern. Uh, first of all, they know I'm a dope. Uh, they know I'm kind of a moron, kind of crazy. <clears throat> I think, you know, they're going to hear me yell. They, they laugh now when they hear because once in a while we'll be in the car listening and they'll play a promo of the show and I'm yelling and screaming and they think it's funny. Um, I don't think about it a lot. Maybe I should think about it more as we get older, <clears throat> as they get older. But, you know, they don't listen a lot. And their friends, it's not like their friends are listening to Kirk and Callahan. I mean, they're 10-year-old kids. And when they're teenagers, they're not going to be listening to Kirk Minahan doing the show. I'll be 53. I don't give you that concerned about it. They know what I do. Um, and yeah, I, honestly, no. And I can't. I think if you start worrying about shit like that, you're fucked, honestly. You can't, you can't do that. 
When will you acknowledge that Callahan has jumped the shark in his 100 radio years and he's really boring anchor on the show? I think I've done that. I don't, I don't think there's any really any uh, any complication there. I, I would agree with that. Let's see. Can you do more Facebook Live media days like the one you did at the Globies? That's a that's a good one. I we just I think we're going to do Facebook Live. If you're listening to the podcast today. We're going to Facebook Live some of the dinner tonight at the Border Cafe. For example, if you'd like to see Jerry, me, and Curtis and Ken in mutt in a different environment, you're going to get that tonight for you know a half hour or so. Um, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll give you this. I'll give you the Radio Insider stuff. Okay, here you go. <clears throat> I haven't brought this up. I don't think we brought this up yet. So Facebook Live. And maybe this is me, you know, uh, sounding older. I don't know. I'd be curious what you guys think about this. So we Facebook Live the thing where I went across the street and did the fire Felger thing. And it got enormous Facebook Live numbers, historic Facebook Live numbers while it was happening, hundreds of thousands. The actual ratings of the segment while it was happening on air were, were okay, but not great. And my theory is actually Glenn brought it up first. Is that, you know, a couple of people with meters, radio listeners who affect the ratings, were probably watching on the Facebook Live. It sounded better. You could see it. It was cleaner. They were already at work. And that affected the ratings. So I, I the, the one, and I love, you know, you know, I'm trying to think forward here, but I do wonder if Facebook Live doing it while the show is going on, does that affect the ratings of the radio? Should we not do it live during the radio and do it for other shit? Like behind the scenes, meetings before the show, meetings after the show, dinners like this, road trips. I think that's a good a good use of Facebook Live. While it's happening on the air, i got to say I have my doubts. I do have my doubts about that. Uh, but that's that shocked me. I thought, because you could tell. I mean, the next day we talked about it, the next day, when we talked about it, the next day it did a great rating. But when we did it while it was actually happening, not a great rating. I think it sounded kind of convoluted and people said, oh, I can watch this. I can watch this while it's happening. I'm going to do that instead. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh <clears throat> nope. Uh, I know you've taken Harry to wrestling. Do you enjoy it as well? I mean, I, I get a kick. I got to admit, we went this weekend. I get such a kick out of it. Harry is so into wrestling, it makes me laugh. He is so obsessed with professional wrestling. It's taken over his life. I love it. I like watching it with him. I would take him every weekend if there was a show. It's, it's funny. It does make me laugh. Um, <clears throat> what happened to the Mercedes? The Mercedes is gone. Totaled. Totally, completely totaled. Done. Oh, here's another one. Why do you work with someone who is so awful on the air? Your show is great. Jerry sucks. Tribute to you that I can listen. That's very nice for you to say that. Um, do you ever see yourself making amends with Holly? I do not. Uh, he called us racist. Uh, he acts like he's better than I am. Their show acts like they're better than we are. I have no interest in any in any way, shape, or form of having a relationship with Holly. I answered the Simmons question. A couple of questions about that. Why uh, Why no Simmons on the podcast? We'll have him on, I guess, when the ESPN relationship's over. That seems to be the, uh, the consensus. Hmm. Now that you're number one, what's next? Serious question. Well, I, you know, Glenn has said this before. I mean, he was number one for 15 years. Now it's no competition, obviously. Uh, and it was a different time. But, I, I mean, I'd like to be number one for a long time. You know, we've been number one now for, whatever, three quarters of a year. The show's been together for a little more than a year. You know, let's see if we can string it together. Let's see if we can do it for a full year. Let's see if we can do it for two years in a row. You know, I, the, to me, like staying at number one is as interesting as getting to number one. I, so other people might disagree, but I, I like this. I like trying to do different things. I like saying, okay, let's try this. You know, the end of the book, we tried to steal a day by going to the Globies. Let's do that. Let's play this. We never, that's one thing, you know, 
We never stop trying to think of stuff. Sometimes the execution sucks. Sometimes it's not funny, but we're always trying. And I don't see that stopping. You know, every week when the weeklies come out, I get nervous. I still get nervous. I think maybe this is the week where people say, fuck it, we've moved on. So far, so good. But, uh, you know, it's, when you have that feeling, that's 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 a good thing, I think. I think we're all still really competitive. Uh, ooh, F. Mary Kill, Dale Hawley Keefe. <sighs> Dale has tender eyes. I think he'd be. I think he'd be a solid. I think he'd be a nice lover. I, I would. Try, I think I'd make love to Dale. I think I'd marry Keith. You know, we could go to wrestling and Star Wars together, uh, have a good time. We may disagree. We have different radio philosophies. I think we get past it and enter and enter a common law solid marriage. I think we'd do okay. So I'd make love to Dale and marry Keith. I could marry Dale too, but I want to make love to Keith. I think I'm more attracted sexually to Dale than I am to Keith. I think. Uh, Kirk, you two are always accused of being racism deniers, and for good reason sometimes, Ryan Bowling says, Bowling says. Do you believe racial inequality exists in Boston or elsewhere? Give us two examples of how racial inequality makes life difficult and unfair for minorities. Very serious question. Uh, Number one, I do believe racial inequality exists for sure. No question. In Boston, yes. Elsewhere, yes. My thing is, I think it happens elsewhere as much as Boston, or at least I have not been. It's not been proven to me otherwise. But I mean, you know, the spotlight brought up. You know, that eight dollar net, uh, net worth thing is interesting. That is that is that is absolutely true and interesting. Uh, I do think that that the, there are numbers that prove that black people get pulled over with more frequency, percentage wise, than white people. That to me is interesting. I'm happy to have that conversation. That is to me a racism, a racist thing, or a, a color thing. I do think economics is a bigger factor. I think poor. White people in, in poor counties also have lousy medical care, also have lousy legal representation. So I think a lot of it is economic that gets tied into racism. But I'm not going to be a racism denier. I mean, that's fucking stupid. Anybody that does that's insane. Of course it's true. Uh, Peter Hobson says, I'm ready to give up on the Howard Stern show because it's so embarrassingly bad. What is your opinion of the current state of that show? This is unbelievable for me to say is I don't listen to Stern, like the new Stern, now really at all. Once in a while, if he has an interview, I listen to you too, but Stern has entered this world where it's like, it's for me no different than The View um, or Anderson Cooper interviewing somebody or, or one of those shows like that where it's, or you know, it's just not, he has characters on now, I don't know who they are. That's how removed I am. I listen to the, the old one, 101 on, on Satellite, which plays the old stuff, you know, semi-frequently, but even that, not as much. I've kind of moved away from it. I was the world's biggest Howard Stern fan. I get criticized or or whatever or lumped as being a Stern, you know, ripoff. Uh, I mean, like you know, I'm gonna sit here and pretend Stern's on influence is crazy, a massive, massive influence. And I think the show that's best is the best radio show of all time. I mean, you know, at its best, with the Gary apology video. I mean, the Gary, yeah, the Gary apology video and the stuttering John AJ Benza. I mean, for a couple of years and and, and Jackie. And Artie, it was the greatest show ever. For a 10-year run or whatever, it was unbelievable. And Cern's made a decision. And he'll say it's because he's in the 60s and he can't do the same stuff. I get that. I mean, I, I do understand that. But if you're me, and you grew up, to Howard, grew up to, on Howard Cern shitting all over celebrities, and now all he has on is these celebrities and he kisses their ass, like, you know, uh, uh, Lena Dunham and Ellen and, you know, uh, whoever. You just say, fuck it, I, this, this doesn't interest me at all. And I know the, other, the people in the room, the Garys and the Freds and the Robins are feeling the same way, but what are they going to do? It's a fucking gravy train. I don't blame them. The morning show has been, this is Maddie. Uh, the morning show has been really, really great. The 
really, really very great the past couple of weeks. I think it's because you've been doing your own reporting on the Globe situation. And he talks to management about do, taking the show in that direction, or they let you do what you want. Uh, other shows suck, they say. Well, thank you for all that. Um, I've enjoyed it. I, and, and, and the other thing that's interesting about this is, is we can go after the Globe with sort of the freedom of knowing that the management will leave us alone because of Joey breaking down these segments. When we shit in the Globe and we shit on ESPN, the ratings are consistently great. So we want to do it. We think it's good radio. And now we have managers saying, you know what? You're right. Go ahead. Knock yourselves out. So that's what we do. Uh, and I've enjoyed the reporting part of it. But I think our show has always been journalistic in some sense. We've always searched for the truth. And in this one, we're doing the same thing. And I've enjoyed it. And I'm enjoying it. And I'm enjoying making the Globe uncomfortable. So that will absolutely continue. Don't worry about that. Uh, hmm. Do you find it funny hearing other shows copying your outburst, ranting, and raving? Well, there's some of that for sure. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it at all. I mean, they're trying to do compelling stuff, and this is my annual, uh, my, uh, my, my, my spot here in, in the podcast mailbag where I say what a good job the midday show is doing, and they are, and they, and you're going to see their ratings next week, and you say, holy shit, they are kicking ass, and they are kicking ass. Um, they're having a lot of fun. Uh, they go at each other. They not so much Lou and Christian, but they go at Glenn, and they're having a great time. And I think the ratings are, you know, it's not complicated. If it if you're having a good time and you're talented guys, um, it's going to come across like that, and people are going to listen to people having a good time, shitting on each other, getting into fights, fighting with listeners, doing what you do when you're in the car. I always say this because people say, and I got a couple questions on like this: Why do you treat the callers like shit? I treat bad callers like shit. When I listen to talk shows growing up. And I heard a bad caller and I would listen to the hosts, keep them on the air forever. I know what I was thinking. And the guy in the car next to me is thinking, fucking hang up on this bozo. So I decided when I came on here and I had my chance to do it, I would say, I'm going to treat the caller as if I'm a listener, which is basically shut the fuck up. We're done with you. You're a fucking moron, which is true. Uh, let's see. A lot of consistent takes in the afternoon show. I'll say that. Um. <clears throat> Why do you like using Tangway and Mutt as rotating hosts? They do not have any input on anything of any value. They are not tuned into pop culture. They are hardly tuned into sports. I do not get it. Mutt is there for us to play. He's, a, he's our little toy. We get to play with him, have fun with him. He gets frustrated. He is the one guy. His ratings are the lowest, and he's the one guy, I am telling you, he is never leaving the casting couch. He's my favorite guy in the casting couch. He's my buddy. He's sticking around. You can like him or not like him. Deal with it. Mike Manansky is going nowhere. And by the way, the ratings with Tangway have been fantastic lately. The highest rated guy. Uh, you hate sports. How do you actually sit and watch games in the NFL? Do you enjoy it? I don't hate sports. I hate boring sports. I hate when things are boring. Like everybody else uh, in America, basically, I was captivated and enthralled by the Steelers Patriots game and the ending. Like everybody else, I had my holy shit moment watching that game. That still happens. I really enjoy what that happens, as it did with the Seahawks game uh, a couple of years ago, or even the Falcons game. Uh, like a great sporting events for me are still awesome. All right, let's see here. <clears throat> Man, there's a lot of questions. We'll do a couple more. You know, this is the end of the year. I mean, I'll give you 50 minutes, okay? You're fucking happy. Let's see. <clears throat> Man. Uh, Seth wants to know why I don't just run the fucking treadmill sometimes because I run outside. For me, like I run the, the gym across the street, New Balance, the guy Scott who runs it's a great guy. Big fan of the show. We like him. Um, and I'll run the treadmill every once in a while. I get bored on the treadmill. Like this morning, I woke up. I ran outside. I enjoyed it. Once you get on your feet at 4 o'clock in the morning or whatever time it is, you're okay. Uh, and it goes by faster. When I go on the treadmill, 
10 minutes on the treadmill feels like, you know, a minute out. I'll be running on the treadmill. You know, I look down, it's been 16 minutes. And I run, 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 run. I'm like, holy shit. I look down, it's been 19 minutes or 21 minutes. You think, what the fuck? You go outside, you look around. You can also mix up your run outside. You say, you know what? I'll go down this street. I'll take a right here. I'll go up this hill. I'll go down. I'll try this. So I've never been down here before. Oh, this is interesting. And it goes by faster. It goes by so slow. I hate, I fucking hate running on the treadmill. I hate it. Um, hmm. I did that one. Hmm. <clears throat> All right, one or two more. What was your favorite fight this year? Somebody wants to know. Boy. The Tomasi Minahan fight was good. That was a good fight. Tomasi did very well. Uh, I was the... I'm trying to remember. Was the Schilling Tomasi fight this year or last year? I don't remember that. But I, I, I like the I like the uh, I like the Tomasi one. Here's the thing: you want to ask one of the issues we have with the show going forward is because of who we are now. We have a profile and what we've done and what we've created. National figures are not coming on the show with the uh, speed um, uh, uh, that they used to. I think now they're like, oh, "Well, I'm not coming on there. He's gonna fucking they're gonna kick the shit out of me. I don't want to get the shit kicked out of me." I'm going to come on here to be look like, look like an idiot. They know now. Whereas a year ago, even six months ago, there was some of that. It's work now. By the way, also for the podcast. Also for the podcast. People don't want to come on here and fight. They just don't want to fight. And that's an issue. That I will say, if you want to talk about the biggest issue with the show, and part of that is my fault, a great majority of it is my fault, is uh, is that's, that that is right now the biggest problem, I think, going forward with the show. Any radio influences other than Stern or Mad Dog? I'm a huge fan of you and Jim Rome. Any thoughts on this style of radio? Not a Jim Rome fan. Not a big voice fan. Not a big fake voice guy fan. He's a sporto too. Uh, no, Stern, I would say Stern. Mad Dog, I just enjoyed. But I mean, you know, John and Jerry, what they would do is they would criticize media members in town on the air. No other show did that. Um, they would have fights on the air. This is idea that, that I always loved. That, that I knew once I started working on the show was bullshit. Was that Jerry... Didn't want to have people on who who didn't who weren't who weren't Republican or would disagree with him on something. Nothing, as we've proven, can be further from the truth. He has always wanted since the first day I got here, I, I, and before that, obviously. But since I've known him, he's wanted nothing but voices of dissent because he knows it's boring if everyone agrees. That doesn't get people listening. Doesn't get people talking. That doesn't help the passion in the room. Um, so I would say, you know, that there were big influences for sure. Um, uh. Yeah, no question. But I would say nationally, nobody else really. And Mike and the Mad Dog weren't really big influences as much. I just enjoyed their... Although, I will say this about Mike and the Mad Dog. Mike and the Mad Dog would have the manager on every week um, and fight with the manager where other stations, other shows would not. Real fights every week. Did they have David Stern on and fight with him about something? And it was different. You didn't hear that as much in other places. Um, hmm. Let's see. What you hear most at least last one, huh? Last one. What would be the perfect setting to be able to fully be yourself? How much do you self-censor? Well, I don't know how much I self-censor. Probably less than I should. I think what happens sometimes is you'll start going down a road and you'll kind of take a left and, and censor a little bit, not a lot, but but save yourself. And that's probably the right thing to do. I don't think, you know, I mean, would satellite radio or Barstool be a better place not to censor so I could swear and get into stuff? I guess. 
But I'll be, I mean, to be totally fair here, to be totally fair, management lets me do more now than any radio host has probably ever been allowed to do at this station or any station in the city. I mean, really. I mean, think of the things I say, the shots I take at people at the station, the other station. I talk about that stuff. I I mean, there is pretty much free reign right now that would not have existed five years ago. Phil Zachary uh, was great with that. Joe Zarbano, Kevin Graham eventually. Uh, Mark Hammond's new here, but it seems like he's okay with that. Where, you know, there are limits, as there are for everything, and we're, we're professionals. But, you know, they know, A, they know it's working, and B, they know that people like to hear it. So I think they're okay like that. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, I, 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 as much as anybody's allowed to do it, I'm allowed, I, I am allowed to do that, and I do appreciate that. When, you're allowed, when are you going to leave WEI? Again, there's, you know, once I get fired here, I will go somewhere else because that's what you have to do. You have to have a job. Until that happens, I am going nowhere as long as uh, I'm satisfied financially and they're satisfied with my job, with my performance, and the ratings are good. I am going nowhere. You're going to be stuck with me for years and years and years. I am. I could be wrong. We'll go through it real quick. I guess Rich is younger. I am younger than Lou. I am younger than Christian. I am 40 years younger than Glenn, 40 years younger than Jerry. Dale's in his 80s. Holly's old. Rich is younger than me. It doesn't really count. You won't be here very long. Mutt, same thing. The people that matter at the station, I am by far the youngest voice. Uh, and either station, by the way. So I am going absolutely nowhere. Ten more years, I'm going to say. As long as everyone's on board and the ratings are good, I could do ten more years. Well, maybe till 50, seven, eight more years, and then get out of here. That, I think, would be the plan. All right. So we're done. I, like I said, Curtis printed out, I think it's three or 400 questions. I answered, I don't know, whatever, 20 of them, 25 of them. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be the end of 2017, I believe. I'm on vacation next week. We'll be back January 4th. Is that right? The next podcast is. So I would not be surprised if one sneaks in between now and then. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. Certainly, I appreciate Milton's, the great sponsor of Enough About Me. We'll have more with them next year, I'm sure. We love Milton's. Uh, we'll have some good guests next year. We already have a couple lined up. Hopefully, they're going to work out. But again, man, people are bailing left and right on me. I'll do a few more of these, but I want your feedback as well. Obviously, you can like and subscribe, and I think we play all that shit at the end. But subscribe to it. Like it as well. That only helps us. That helps us with sponsors. If you like this podcast, you want more like this, maybe I'll do more. I'm open to ideas. Like I said, you can tweet me at Kirkman if you have more ideas for this podcast going forward. Uh, you know, it's been a it's been you know an insane year. Obviously, I've gone over it probably too much for you guys as well. Um, I do want to say, I think I said it at the time, the podcast after, the emails I got, and by the way, continue to get in letters to the station and books and, and was unbelievable. And I, I you know, I, I obviously shit on you guys a lot, but the, the feedback I got from you guys with my parents was incredible. I'll never forget it from all over the world. I'll never forget it. Thousands of emails and, 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 and letters to the station and stuff and overwhelming. I remain overwhelmed by that. Um, I wish I was handling it better. I think some of the anger I bring on the air right now is still from that. I thought the holiday season stuff was a cliche. It's not. Uh, very tough. Um, and there were people, who, 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 I would hear them say that, and I'd be like, shut the fuck up. You know, it's whatever. Look, it's a different month. It's true. Uh, it's horrible. Um, uh, but uh, but you guys helped a little bit. There's no doubt. Being able to come in here every day and yell for four hours and come in here every once in a while and talk to myself for an hour has been therapeutic. But I really can't, you know, I, I just... I've tried to get back to as many people as I can. I should do a better job with that. I'm going to do a better job. I'm going to get back to everybody at some point. Uh, if I've not responded to your email yet, I will, um, or written back to you. Incredible. I'll never forget it. It's sort of one of the things. 
<clears throat> I'll even go back to once in a while and look at them, and it makes me feel when I feel like shit, which is, you know, 50% of the time. You know, I went up to Maine yesterday uh, to my parents' place in Maine. We sold it, um, and I went through. Uh, I was walking around there, and the house was empty by myself, and I was going through stuff, um, and it's just the worst feeling in the world. It's such a feeling of finality uh, that it's it's just it's hard to describe. Um, and there are a lot of days like that. But once in a while, I was cleaning out some old emails the other day. I saw a bunch of them, and people had stories that were worse than mine or they're similar to mine. I thought, well, you're not alone. You know, there's a club of people who don't have parents anymore in a weird way um, who are younger. And I mean, there are people younger than me, and I feel awful for them who have had to deal, deal with it. But it's sort of it's helpful to know that you're, you. It is helpful to know that you're not alone in situations like that. And I really it means it meant a lot to me. Every single one of them did, and they were really heartfelt. And uh, and I can't thank the listeners enough. Also, for a few months ago when we got that situation with uh, with the sponsors, you guys were fucking incredible. The, those couple of days between Cumberland Farms and Buffalo Wild Wings and Milton's and all the sponsors who were really loyal to us, but you guys were. You know, it's good to know once in a while. That you guys are out there, you know, doing that for us was over. We were overwhelmed by it, Jerry and I both. We thanked you guys a couple of times on the air. We probably didn't do it enough. You guys are obviously the best listeners out there. You drive us crazy sometimes. You know, we know it's not just the fucking idiots who call. I, and, and the people on social media have been smart and funny and have helped the show as well with the parody accounts and the funny tweets and the pictures. Big, 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 huge part of the show, an underrated part of the show, almost another character within the show is all the people on social media. So thanks to you guys. And we're going to do a better job, I think, even in 2018. We're more focused. We have better ideas. We hope to stay number one. We're not going to stop working. My problem with the other shows, not the other shows, but other shows, is uh, they don't do that as much. They don't care as much. We will not stop doing that. I promise you that. Uh, so 2018 will bring you a bunch of enough about me's. Kirk Callan show will keep rolling on. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a uh, yet unnamed guest or a fucking other mailbag. Who the hell knows? That is Enough About Me podcast, episode 75, uh, The Mailbag, brought to you by the great people at Milton's The Store for Men. We will talk to you on this podcast in 2018. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.